every day on the big show. What? Gordon and what? Jake want to keep you up to date on all the action, all the newsmakers, and all the big opinions on the Zone Sports Network. This is What's Going On. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for What's Going On, where we check in with the other shows on The Zone Sports Network. It's brought to you today. By our friends at SNS Roofing, uh, their huge winter and spring sales event is going on now, where they can save you thousands on a new roof. Call pound two fifty, and say S and S Roofing for your free bid. Gordon, you ready to go? I am. All right, we're going to keep things uh, pretty jazz focused on what's going on, as you would uh, guess on a playoff day. Let's check in with DJ and PK now. They had Evan Barnes on. He covers the Grizz for the Commercial Appeal. So a lot of things happened in Game 1, and I'm not sure they can recreate itself the way it did in Game 2. But one of the things that I think can happen again, and I'm pretty sure you probably think the same thing, is the stellar play of Ja Morant because it seems like he's just that good and only getting better. Yeah, obviously, I think the last two games, Ja has really taken on the mantle of it's time to take that leap forward from being a really, really good player rookie of the year to now showing that this is what a star and a potential superstar does. And it's funny that Dylan Brooks was maybe the big takeaway from that game, and yet John Morant still had his fourth quarter closing instincts, and he's shown that well. So it's it's really fun kind of seeing how he's been able to really keep that up and really even going back to how he played against the Jazz earlier this year. He's been really adept getting to the rim, even with Rudy Gobert. He has no fear. And it just really shows how he's really kind of taking his game to a different level, not showing that fear, being able to go against, you know, go there, get to the paint. And uh, I'd be really curious kind of seeing how the Jazz um, adjust to him now on Wednesday. Yeah, that having no fear thing, I think that's one thing that sticks with everybody watching him play, right? He has no fear. But the Dylan Brooks question, a guy who averages 17 a game goes for 31. Are there some things in the matchup between these two teams that are going to allow him to repeat that, or is that something he does once or twice in a seven-game series and they gotta they got to figure out some other ways to win if they're going to prevail in the series? No, I think I think uh, the Jazz have to be ready for Dylan Brooks being that guy. He's he's always been a player that is, you know, can can catch fire instantly, or he can shoot a team out of the game. And the last couple of months, he's really been able to catch fire and get his shot going. And I think with Jaron Jackson back, it frees him up to do a little bit more on the field. But he's also shooting the ball better. Better, excuse me. Um, it's funny when the year started, he was shooting career lows. He wasn't able to get on track. It was a liability. Now he's able to kind of, you know, be that two-way threat that he wants to be. And this is kind of the time of year where he really wants to kind of shine a bit. So he's really kind of taking that performance that he's had on Sunday. And I think it won't be the last that the Jazz see it. They're going to, you know, they're going to be ready for a, a guy who can be an agitator, who can be a fire starter, who can kind of inspire his teammates with his emotion. And what I think what everyone saw on Sunday is kind of what the Grizzlies have seen the last – two years under Taylor Jenkins, that Dylan Brooks can be that emotional core that the team just rallies around as much as they do Morant. So who is Taylor Jenkins, and where did he come from? <laughs> so it's kind of funny. So Taylor Jenkins was, you know, he was a former assistant with Mike Budenholzer in Atlanta and Milwaukee. Um, he's obviously learned from that tree. He's also learned from being with the Spurs as 
um, coaching in the G League. He actually was um, working with Quinn Snyder down in the G League, actually. So Taylor Jenkins is kind of an interesting guy in the sense that this is really his, his second year as the head man, but he's been trained very well by obviously two very successful coaches in Boonholzer and Popovich. And what he's done is he's kind of got the, the Grizzlies kind of believing in this up-tempo, free-flowing freedom to be themselves, but also give them the freedom to trust each other and trust him, take more threes, run up-tempo, and obviously having a player like John Morant really helps. But what he's done is he's gotten the guys to really just enjoy playing with each other. Like This is really a young, fun bunch. Um, Taylor James has often said that they're all kind of figuring it out together, and they're kind of writing that, you know, emotion of, you know, experience if you will together so it, it's a fascinating journey for Jenkins and I think you're seeing him kind of learn how to be a coach on this level because you know if you would have told me a year ago that the second year coach second year on this roster in the NBA would be up 1-0 as an eight seed I would have said no way up until at least a month ago I agree with that last part Memphis is on the come yeah. this is a this is a a team, a franchise that's that's 100% on the rise. They've got some some really good low, uh, young players, and they've got uh, your your lingo, Gordon, an alpha, and uh, a guy who can who is a walking bucket who can go out there and, and get it and make it happen. They are and they are a team said, on the rise. He's a one man fast break. He is. He's and not the complete player. There's still holes in his game. But, but every is, once in a while you good. see glimpses of those holes being filled up. <laughs> but you see where things are going right. with this franchise. Right. And, you know, the funny thing about this is we complimented the Jazz last year before the season started because we thought they were going to be like they are this year, last year. Well, Memphis is on a younger kind of uh, not quite as advanced track. At least that's what we think. <laughs> we'll find out about that in this series. But I agree with you 100% that they have a bright, bright future. I think they're a couple of pieces away from being really dangerous, kind of like maybe you could say the Jazz were a couple of years ago. I think there's still a, a couple of things they could do. But, um, you well, know, they, John they've Moran— got, They've got two all-stars. Well, John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Jonas Valanciunas, is, that's, that's a pretty solid three players to build around. How you old know? is Valanciunas? Do you know? Oh, I shouldn't ask a question I don't know the answer you to. could have just Googled. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I just thought of the question now. No, hold on. I thought you might know. He's 29. So he's? He's not as young as yeah. the, the others. But, you know, is, is Dylan Brooks maybe the type of player that is your starting shooting guard, or is he maybe more of like a, a six-man? Or a seven man, and either case, he's valuable because he can defend. Because he's a good player, he can yeah, yeah. Score, yeah. But is he the starting shooting guard on a title contender? I don't know. I guess I agree with you that they do need, they still need to add to. But and there's some depth stuff, but the John, John Moran has the capability of being the best point guard in the league, and Jaron Jackson Jr. still has a ways to go. Mm. But you can you can see what you can see what they're doing, and they play hard, and they're well coached. And as we saw here with the Jazz, that's the the building blocks to some success as long as you stay on the right path. Yeah. But you you certainly can see it with Memphis. Yeah, you can. But I think the Jazz, I mean, just to put a bow on this thing, I think they win tonight. Well, you, you would expect it. The Jazz are the better team. Um, if, if the Grizzlies win tonight, then I just don't know whether the Jazz can come back from that. Uh, losing two games on their home floor. Uh, against a team that does have talent. I think the Jazz are the better team. 
I do too, which and, is and why I, I they should indicate it tonight. But uh, I think that they can come back even if they lose tonight because I think they're the better mm, team. I hear well, what you're saying, but I don't mm, think I don't yeah, think. But it, you know how it gets. It gets dicey sometimes. And I've seen some of these playoff series go go awry. Yeah, I get you. But you could see the Jazz going on the road to Memphis and taking two in a row. That's not unfeasible. So so feasible team, teams in NBA history <laughs> that have gone down 0-2. In the first two games at home in a seven-game series, are three and twenty-one. Mm. So it's possible. It's just not probable. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And I found that, by the way, in a in a thing about the Clippers this morning. So <laughs> sorry, Jake. Oh, the Clippers. Ah, <laughs> uh, geez. All right. Well, let's do the Hans and Scotty bike coming up next. We'll we'll save it for that. Matt Harpering was on with Hans and Scotty. Curious to get his thoughts on on what uh, happened in Game One, going into Game Two. So we'll get to that coming up straight ahead. Stay tuned. It's the big show. Don't forget, Sarah Todd joins the show at three, and uh, at four it's three twenty-three. So that would be difficult. Sarah Todd joins the show at four. Lock is well, on with can, us at five. Can you turn the clock back? No. Three no, Pacific. I can do a lot, but not that. Yeah, three it's Pacific. Three, there you three go. Three o'clock somewhere. Yeah. All right. Stay tuned. More next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What time is it? It's half past the hour and time to talk Utah Jazz. Oh, it! This is your Jazz at 30 update. Ring the 30-point bell. Bell, bell, bell. Jazz at 30 update. Utah Jazz in action tonight. Game two of their best of seven playoff series against the Memphis Grizzlies. Mike Conley talks about uh, taking a different approach in game two. And I think it's important for us to, to, to be physical but not lose ourselves. And, you know, by that, I mean not getting four turnovers, four uh, you know, the technical fouls and five technical fouls, flagrant fouls, and just being you know, senseless with what I think we're doing is to have a plan, you know, be able to take a bump, keep, keep moving, be able to talk and keep going and, and play through all that. That's, that's something that you know I've been, been accustomed to doing throughout my whole career. And a lot of guys um, in the playoffs tend to bump it up another notch or two. So I think we just have to continue to, 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 to fight back and, and, and be strong throughout everything that's thrown at us. There are no names on the injury report for the Utah Jazz tonight. Everyone is available. Tip-off uh, for Game 2 coming your way at 8 o'clock. Pre-game coverage live from the plaza outside of Vivint Arena begins at 7. This update brought to you by Mountain Land Supply, where the pros go for plumbing, landscaping irrigation, agricultural irrigation, HVAC parts, tools, and safety equipment. Find a local uh, location near you at mountainland.com. You're locked on to The Big Show, presented by Big O' Tires. Just doing it big, you know. Stop by your locally owned Big O' Tires for no credit needed financing. Big O' Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big 
Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Join Hanson Scotty coming up on Friday from 10 to 2 at ARUP Blood Services, 9786 South, 500 West. Come save a life and donate some blood. You'll receive a gift card and jazz gear for your donation. Let's uh, speaking of Hanson Scotty, they checked in with Matt Harpering today. Gordo, let's uh, let's give that a little bit of a sample, shall we? We shall. What was Memphis doing that was effective against the Jazz? Well, they're doing a lot. Um, first, defensively, they're getting into them. Obviously, you know, Dylan Brooks is, is one heck of a defensive player. And whoever he's on, he's going to affect that game. You know, at times he was on angles and he kind of took Joe out, of, you know, even touching the ball at times. And you can't have that with, with Mitchell out. Uh, there was a period of the game where I thought Joe uh, needed to be more aggressive. He, Aggressive. The Jazz needed him to be more aggressive, but when Brooks was guarding him, it was almost like they were not letting Joe get the ball. Um, and then he, you know, he moved over to Conley at times, and I think he was a force defensively. Whoever he moved on, Clarkson, he guarded a few times. So I, I thought Memphis in general came out. They were very physical, uh, but you knew that. You, you knew that was their their mo. They wanted to get in passing lanes. They wanted to try to turn the ball over and get in transition. Uh, the part that that got me was offensively for them. Um, I thought they played really well. And I don't, I'm not sure that they can do that again. Um, I'm not sure Dylan Brooks, you know, he averaged a 17 on the year. He came out with 31. Uh, he took 26 shots. Um, I, I think in an overall game, if that happens again, I don't think you mind Dylan Brooks taking 26 shots. But, however, he did get 31. Um, and I thought he played off the momentum of the game. And, um, you know, I thought for both sides of the court, you know, Memphis played pretty good, and you got to give them credit. And if you go to the Jazz side of things, there's a lot of areas that if you look over the film, that you say, wow, the Jazz just didn't play as good as they they could have, uh, and they were still in the game. You know, I'm watching and learning more and more about Ja Morant and his game and his ability. Matt, what do you see as his best attribute as a basketball player? Uh, without question, playing in space and how fast he can get up down the court – uh, with the basketball and athletically, uh, there's not a lot of guys that can stay in front of him. So he he creates a lot of pressure on your defense. And once he gets into the paint, um, his floater game has gotten really good. Uh, mid-range, he's still working on, and obviously from three-point land, I mean, he only took one three in, in that ball game. And so he did a lot of his damage at the rim. And this is where – you know, kind of what I was saying negatively for the Jazz is Gobert gets in foul trouble or, you know, Gobert plays 25 minutes. That That's going to affect the Jazz in a negative way. I mean, you got the best defender in the league um, on the bench in crunch time. That's that's going to hurt you. And so, you know, Morant knew that. He was going and Favors did a, a tremendous job uh, as a backup, but he's it's just not Gobert. And uh, I think if you can keep Morant out of the paint or not really out of the paint and more out of the rim, uh, you're going to have success, and I think, you know, he got to the he got to the rim, and that's his sweet spot. And uh, you know, we'll be interested to see the adjustments, but I think the biggest overall adjustments is, you know, Gobert's got to stay out of foul trouble. Mm. Matt Harpering with us right here on the Zone Sports Network, and this isn't a 
I don't want to, you know, because it's really easy to, to, to rip on officials, but Rudy Gobert had an interesting comment after the game where he mentioned, like, look, I just I want it to be the same throughout. I want it to be consistent. I want calls to be made on both sides because uh, I felt like it started one way and then they adjusted midway through, and I, I could never get a feel. How difficult is it for a player to try to – because, you know, you're around these officials. You know what they call and what they don't. You know what to expect out of Cruz. Uh, but when things kind of change in the middle of a game on what's being called and what's not, how frustrating is that for a player? I think every player feels the officials are bad. Um, that's, just, that's just how it is. I mean, if you uh, talk to both sides of the of the teams, and they, you know, I don't think anyone really likes the officials. They have a tough job. Um, you know, with Gobert, he's got to figure out how they're calling it. Um, and Valanciunas is a is a tough guy. That's his matchup, and he he's a very physical player. And, you know, technically, there's probably contact on every single play, and that's that's just the, what's going to happen in the series when you guard Valanciunas, and he's got to he's got to know that, and he's not going to get a lot of the calls. And so, going in, your mentality's got to be: I got to play through a lot of this stuff. I can't flop around at times because you know, if I do that and the refs see it, then they're not going to maybe give me a call when it really deserves to be called. So, to me, you know, he just needs to be himself. Um, and I, I really believe, you know, you can kind of say, well, one or two of the fouls shouldn't have been called. Yes, I get that. But, you know, there's going to be bad calls throughout playoff games. But the playoffs are just a different type of game. And so you can't expect to be refereed the same way in a, in a regular season game as, as a playoff game. It just doesn't happen. It never has been that way. And so uh, there's a toughness thing there that it, on both sides of the court that – you got to bring, especially when you're talking about the Grizzlies. They're not a finesse team. They're not a, a Golden State team. They are a pound it, and they're going to beat you up a little bit. They might foul you 30 times, and the rest might call it 15. Um, that's just the series the Jazz are in. The good news is the Jazz have proven over this year, in my eyes, that they can beat teams that are finesse and are physical. You know, they handled the, the Grizzlies three times in the regular season this year. They've proven that they can do that. And, you know, the biggest ingredient that we're not talking about is, oh, yeah, Donovan Mitchell didn't play. So, I mean, that's obviously going to affect them. And so when you just look at the game and you look at the Jazz shot, the three-point shot, I mean, they make 12. Donovan doesn't play. Bogey had a horrible start. Gobert gets in foul trouble, and they still barely lose. I mean, I'm looking at things like, okay, everything went wrong for the Jazz, and they still, what they lose by three. So, I mean, things are looking up in my in my eyes. That's Matt Harpering from Hans and Scotty earlier today. Uh, rewinding quickly to his thoughts on John Moran, I couldn't agree more. Keep him off of the rim. Now, easier said than done. And certainly easier with Rudy. No offense, Derek Favors. Uh, but that that that's going to be a big deal in this series, keeping him away from the rim. Do you think that uh, Mike Conley and the likes should body block him? Maybe a forearm shiver? I don't know if that'll work. But oh, Knock him into... They should do something. I mean, they honestly, they, they need to be aggressive with him. I don't know. Um, who did we ask this about if you if you run three guys at him? I don't know. If, oh, we asked Mannix about that. I don't know if that's the answer or what, but you can't let him get layups and dunks. That's Those are easy pickings. It'd help if his guy stayed in front of him. Yeah. But, again, that's not the easiest thing to do in the world. Well, so what do you do? I mean, really, if the other guy is faster than you, what can you do? Well, having a seven-one Frenchman behind you <laughs> really helps things quite a bit. A but French even man, <laughs> even that is <laughs> instead of a Frenchman. 
Um, but even that is not uh, foolproof, of course. But right. Rudy, Rudy's got to stay on the floor. I mean, that that whole thing about figuring out the refs, like he's got to do that because he can't foul out because they need him. This is the classic example, also, of Rudy being challenged by having to clean up the mess of others. But also, he's got Valanciunas to take care of too. You know, like we were saying, it's that's a tall order. That's a lot. Essentially, what you're talking about there is, Rudy, go guard two all-stars. Well, in, in Valanciunas's role in this series, I mean, he's a really productive player. You know, he's a 17 and 12 guy, 12 and a half, actually. So, I mean, don't get me wrong, he's a very productive player. But isn't his role in this series to be as disruptive to Rudy's game as possible? You think that's what it is? I do think that's what it is. Because if 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 Rudy's in a wrestling match with Valanciunas, he's not stuffing John Morant. <laughs> yeah, which, go, which go occupy did. that guy over there for a while. Which Rudy did in game one. And and uh here's this is all the credit in the world to John Morant on this one. Rudy embarrassed him in the first half in game one. I mean, Ja had a move, got to the rim, had that outreaching layup that he's so good at and and Rudy fed it to him. Yeah. And it was quite the block from Rudy. And that didn't deter Ja from going at it again. Memory serves, I think Rudy had three blocks in that game, didn't he? He did, but not all of them on Ja Morant, yeah. I don't think. No. That one in particular though really stood out. And we've seen a lot of players after Rudy gets them turn around and not do that again. That was not Ja Morant. So he deserves some credit for that cuz there've been a lot of good players that don't do that. Let me let me ask you because some of the comments I saw coming from the the Grizzlies coaches and players, it's it's kind of like they were they were complimentary of how difficult it is to handle Donovan Mitchell, uh, in addition to the other players that the Jazz have. Do you think that the Grizzlies know what's coming at them? Do you think they know that they're going to get beat tonight? Oh no. Of course not. Yeah, I mean, you know, Do you play, think they you, you've been around it. players long enough that they know they think they're going to win every game they step. Yeah, they step on the I know. floor. I just, field I just or wonder if you know if you gave them truth serum. You know uh, whether they know the Jazz had a fifty-two and twenty record and they had a thirty-eight and thirty-four record. I just don't think athletes think that way. Yeah. Well, maybe it's better so. The game starts zero-zero. You know, mm-hmm. you're not you're not down twenty to start things off. I mean, you uh, example. You've covered enough, um, you know, uh, uh, FCS, FBS games. You know, when Weber State years ago marched into uh, into Rice Eccles Stadium, they thought they were going to win. No, they didn't. With that year when Mac brought Weber back and they played against, didn't they? It wasn't it. Oh wait, they played against one of Utah's better teams and traded punches with them for a minute. <laughs> they knew they were going to lose. It was a, it was literally about a minute, wasn't yeah. it? But th- that's not how players think, though. That's how you think. <laughs> that's how I think. Yeah. Can't win, don't try. But that's not how players think. <laughs> no, I think, think there's, it's, it's worth trying. But, I, I, but I what? Just, I, I, I just wonder. And, and really, it's kind, of a, it's kind of a nuanced thing. Because I'm not saying that they're sitting there going, oh, what's the use? We're going to lose tonight. That's exactly what you're no, saying. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying... Uh, you know, we're going to go out and we're going to work hard and we're going to take it to them, but, 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 
this team has proven during the regular season what they can do. And uh, you said you the know. exact same thing I did, but you softened the language. No, I don't. I don't think that athletes are doing that. No, I don't. And certainly not a team that's up one nil in a playoff. Yeah, series. but they knew that Donovan Mitchell wasn't a part of that. It doesn't matter. Donovan killed this team. It doesn't matter. Those they two think- games he played against them, what do he have? He averaged like thirty or forty points a game. He was uh, markedly absent. So, so John Morant's down there right now going, guys, we're going to go out there and try real hard, but you know what? We're going to lose. We're going to lose this one. Lose on three. Maybe it would be good for them to take that approach. One and uh, one, then, and one on three. No, because then when they don't win, then they can regroup. And, and if they think they're going to win and they get beat, then, you know, they could, they, they could break their hearts. And, you know. Then they stumble back to Memphis. So, okay, so let me amend that. Let's go lose. It's better for us on three. <laughs> no, it's just better to acknowledge. Guys, what's let's coming. just let's just dog this one because it's actually better for us to lose. That's how they're thinking. Okay, so wait, which is better? For them to know they're gonna lose and go out and play hard, you know, don't give it away, but go ahead and lose and know that it's coming. Or to go out there and try real hard and do everything you possibly can and believe you're going to win and then lose by 15. It's that one. That one's better? That one's better, yeah. Okay. All right, I'm, I'm undecided. You, you I would mail just... it in a lot, don't you, to prop up your future work. Like, hey, if I write a bad column on Tuesday, <laughs> my column on Sunday is going to look awesome. No, because that's up to me. That's up to me. That's not – I'm not – competing against somebody who who might uh, you know block my shot or you know steal the ball or put 35 points on me I don't think athletes think that way I don't I'm, think I'm you do either I think be... you're just arguing no, no, with me I, because no. you enjoy it which no. is fine cuz I enjoy it too but I don't think you <laughs> think that's suge- right I'm not saying that that's a fact I'm just presenting it as a possibility Lose on three. Ready? It's better for us, I swear. Market update coming up next. Let's get them in Memphis. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Number one. The Zone Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotty and the big show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, The Zone continues to dominate the competition. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Oh, hey guys. Jake here for my friends at Peach Building Products. They're a new partner with us here on The Zone Sports Network and I'm so excited to tell our listeners about what they can do because they are amazing. They are locally owned and operated company and passionate Utah jazz fans. They're listeners to the Zone Sports Network. They're a member of the family. Uh, And as I mentioned, they've uh, been here for a long, long time. They've uh, been operating since 1993. They've been one of Utah's premier window and door retailers, combining beauty and technology on windows and doors, as I mentioned, since 1993. Uh, I was just down at their showroom the other day. It is beautiful, and they have a wide variety of things that they can do for you, and they really specialize in custom jobs as well. So check out their showroom at 2940 South 
and uh, 300 West. It's very easy to get to, and you can see exactly what it is that uh, that uh, they do. Whether it's getting your windows up to uh, peak energy efficiency, they can absolutely do that. Getting a new snazzy door, maybe you've got a custom window, uh, they can do it all for you. And get this, this is the best part. No high-pressure sales. There's no soap subcontractors, no ghosting. They pride their, themselves on their customer service. They will answer the phone. And I know it's amazing in that world, but they will answer the phone and talk to you. Their crew installs your windows, and they back it up with guarantee, guarantees designed to bring peace of mind to their satisfied customers. They're a turnkey operation. You're going to love your experience. You can go online. Check out their website, peachbuildingproducts.com. That's peachbuildingproducts.com. They have over 255 star reviews. Or just drop by and say hi. Or drop by and talk jazz basketball, Third West, 2940 South. That's uh, my good friends at Peach Building Pro- uh, Products. Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio afternoon show. I grind every day just so I can live a better life. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Gonna make you sweat. The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. You like this song. I like this song? What makes you say that? Am I dancing? Am I moving? You like Am I going to make you sweat? You like requested it before the show, and you put it in a column the other day, and you had said that. You're going to make you sweat. Sweat. Oh. <laughs> Let me try that again. Going to make you sweat. Better. <laughs> As the kids say, that's not it. That's Dance. not it. No. All right, Sarah Todd's going to join us at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. She Move. covers the jazz for the Death Red News. Stop. <laughs> that's enough. Move. Time for a market update brought to you by TryDayTrading.com. Now anyone can be a day trader. Visit TryDayTrading.com. How did the markets do today? Gordon. Yeah, move. Sorry. Well, the, the market moved up upward today, uh, all the way around. The Dow, just barely, but up uh, 10 and a half points. And he was just sitting in front of his locker, just sitting there in, in his shorts, no shirt. Nice abs. <laughs> now that's weird. It's like, what? Once again, that's about Rudy. Is that really about Rudy? <laughs> oh. That's when you told the story about how he said... Anytime you guys are ready, I'm I'm ready to go or whatever he said. That's right. But you had to add in. You but... had to put in the nice apps. Are you so insecure that you can't compliment compliment a man who keeps himself fit? Nice no, abs. I'm just saying. Nice abs. Not relevant. I mean, nice I, abs. I said nice abs, not <laughs> still anything that sounds like that. Not relevant to the point you were making. <laughs> it was just an observation. It wasn't meant. As the emphasis of the entire comment. You're telling a story about what he said. <laughs> and you have to um, wedge in there that he was shirtless and had nice abs. That's weird. 
I really don't. I'm not intimidated by that. Apparently, you are. That's not intimidated. It's not relevant. <laughs> Perhaps not. If if you're talking about Rudy's fitness, <laughs> All right, we've got two more to get okay. through. Okay, <laughs> what's next? Jeez, oh, the Nasdaq was up. Uh, what was that up? Eighty, uh, eighty, uh, nearly eighty-one points. The prettiest eyes in the business. Who was I talking about that time? Mr. Ron Boone. Oh. Wow. Weird. Also weird. Um, <laughs> I really don't know what to say. Well, You're boxing one, me into a corner. There's here. one more here. <laughs> I don't even want him to say it. I'm so uncomfortable already. Uh, the S&P was up uh, almost eight points. He had nice hair and nice abs, but he wasn't a good quarterback. Who was that about? Our friend Riley Nelson. Oh. Jake. I, I look, I love women. All right. I oh, just want to make that that's, clear. That's not what that's. No, no. My, my favorite part of that last one <laughs> is that that's your way to build Riley Nelson up before insulting. <laughs> so that was he your... had nice hair and nice abs, but he wasn't a good quarterback. That was your way to to be to be like you have some redeeming qualities like your your stomach muscles and hair, <laughs> your arm not so much. But you stink <laughs> at what you do. No, no, not at all. That was one of the more uncomfortable uh, market updates I think we've ever had. Yeah, I'm going to make it sweat. Eager. <laughs> I mean, I like chicks better than uh, guys, but I got to say, Fred Astaire had it going on, Weird. and so did Gene Kelly. I'm not I'm not particularly attracted to men. I, I mean, I'm really not. <laughs> Sorry. I got which, which also is not Frank, relevant, by I, the way. I, I got, which is not relevant at all. I got in an argument once with one of my friends about... Which form, the feminine or masculine form, is is uh, more attractive at its perfect point? And I said women. He said men. I like Elaine on Seinfeld. I like her take on that topic. What did she say? The, the female form is art. It's beautiful. It's like a, a Romanesque statue. Mm -hmm. The male form is utilitarian. It's to get it, you know, it's like a spatula. You use it for stuff. I'm proud to say I have no opinion on that. <laughs> None. Z zero. I'll take the feminine form. <laughs> but I will. I've told you a story about how when we went to well, see. You know, we're really we over. The you, you know that. We we're, saw the Michelangelo statue, uh -huh. uh, not Michelangelo, but Michelangelo's David. David. And my wife w took another lap around. But I was. I, it's a big statue. It's a pretty. Lots to take in. Yeah. Historic work of art. No, I'm not going to ask that question. No, I'm not. Um, Sarah Todd. By the way, I've learned a lesson. We're going to close the chapter on these drops. Okay, good. I appreciate it. Sarah that. Todd, coming up next. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.